All right, well, will you turn to our master text this morning in Acts chapter 3? Acts chapter 3, and we just have a couple of verses to read this morning, a very short master text this morning. And while you're turning there and finding that, I just want to ask you, can you give me a little extra time today? Um, the Lord is just, I just really feel the weight of what the Lord has put in my heart to share with you today. And, and I don't want to rush through this or I just, and I've got a lot of content, so I don't really know how long this is going to take. So if you'd be patient with me, I would appreciate that. Um, and, you know, let me begin here before we read this master text by saying that I've heard a lot of people lament the problems and challenges and disappointments of 2022. And I agree, it has been a, a challenging year in many respects, but I also want to submit to you that in other ways, it's also been a great year because, folks, I want to remind you that God is always working behind the scenes even when you don't recognize it. Praise God. So I want to talk to you today about um, how we can enter a time of refreshing in 2023. So if you're at Acts chapter 3, go, up and go ahead and stand up with me if you will. Let's honor the reading and the proclamation of God's word. Just two verses today. Verses 19 and 20 of Acts chapter 3 says this, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Praise God. Well, one thing that I want to point out about this passage is, is that it says that repentance precedes Jesus being sent to us. And that may not seem to make a lot of sense because by the time the book of Acts was written, Jesus had already been crucified and resurrected and then ascended back to heaven. So Jesus had already come. So what is this talking about? Well, it's talking about the presence of Jesus, his spirit coming in such a way as to comfort, re-energize, strengthen, and refresh. So I want us to understand, first of all, this morning that refreshing can come in waves. It can come in waves. And I want us to understand that, that repentance, as we talked about in that master text, is not just a one-time thing when you accepted the Lord. Okay, repentance actually should be a lifestyle because God always wants to take his work in your life deeper. Did you know that? See, just as God deals with our character issues one layer at a time, sort of like the layers of an onion, that also means that as we submit the various areas of our lives to God's lordship, there can be multiple times of refreshing in our lives, multiple times of refreshing in our lives. But folks, listen, let me give some clarification to this. The opposite can also be true. Look at the screen. If we cling to our own ways, however, life in Christ can seem exhausting. If we cling to our own ways, life in Christ can seem exhausting. What do I mean by that? Well, let me give you a scriptural reference for this. Um, in Proverbs 13, 15, it says, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Good understanding giveth favor, that's the, new, that's the King James Version, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Let me give you that out of the Berean Standard Bible. Good understanding wins favor, but the way of the faithless is difficult. There's another passage in the Bible that says the, the way of the sinner is blocked with thorns and thistles, 
but the path of the righteous is like an open highway. So, yeah, you have the choice to be faithless. You have the choice to not do things God's way and do it your own way instead. But the way of the faithless is difficult. So I want to teach you a principle today about how to always keep you in the flow of refreshing, if I may. So let's take a closer look then at Daniel 10. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about fasting, and we're going to talk a little bit more about fasting today. And I'm going to give you some additional insights about that because this is a very important tool, ladies and gentlemen, to stay in the flow of refreshing. You see, fasting releases spiritual power and progress. I want to say that again. Fasting releases spiritual power and progress. And as I said before, the church in America today hardly ever talks about fasting. Most people don't practice fasting. But it's a very, very biblical principle. As a matter of fact, even in Jesus' time, uh, people practiced fasting weekly. All through the Bible, fasting is represented. So I believe that God wants us to talk about this more because, you know, if you're really interested in going farther in 2023, uh, I believe that you need to know more about fasting and probably practice it more often and according to the biblical model. So remember, then getting back to Daniel 10, remember that in Daniel 10, um, it said that he fasted, we talked about this last week, but remember it said that he fasted from all choice food. Now that word choice in the ancient Hebrew is the word chamad, chamad. And it means to desire and to take pleasure in. So what Daniel did in, during his fast recorded in Daniel 10 is he he fasted from all desirable and pleasurable food. So he probably just ate, you know, vegetables and drank water. That was a, a form of fasting. So a fast doesn't have to be a total elimination of food. I, there, that's represented in the Bible too. But in this case, Daniel, it said that Daniel fasted from all choice food. Now I want to give you another insight about Daniel 10. It also said, if you remember, that the angel came to Daniel after 21 days and he, he greeted him, and he said that Daniel was highly esteemed. Do you remember that? Well, that highly esteemed, that phrase in the ancient Hebrew is, again, the word chamad, very same word that he uses to describe desirable or pleasurable food. It's the same word used to describe Daniel. What we can glean from that is this, that when Daniel made God his delight through prayer and fasting, then God took pleasure and delight in Daniel, and Daniel entered a special place of favor. Isn't that interesting? Praise God. So then let me clarify, ladies and gentlemen, that there's a difference between the love of God and the favor of God. Did you know that? See, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 that our sal salvation comes by grace alone through faith. It's not a, a, a result of works so that no man can boast. So this is not a salvation issue. And, and so I should go on to say that God has a general love for all of his children and all who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. That's true. But there's a special place of favor and blessing reserved only for those who are willing to pay the price like Daniel did. How many of you know that not all Israelites were fasting to the extent that Daniel did, right? And that's why when the angel came, he, he called him highly 
esteemed, one esteemed of God. Wow, what a thing to say to somebody. Wouldn't you like to be someone who is esteemed of God? Wow. So Daniel's relationship with God reminds me of how the scriptures talk about uh, Moses' relationship with God. You remember the, the scriptures say of Moses that, um, that God spoke to Moses face to face like a friend talking to a friend. But once again, if you go back to the ancient Hebrew, it's not actually face to face. It literally says in the ancient Hebrew, mouth to mouth. Now that gives me the mental image of mouth to mouth resuscitation like someone breathing the breath of life into someone and resuscitating them, almost raising them from the dead. That's the kind of mental picture I have when it says that God spoke to to Moses face to face or mouth to mouth, but it denotes a place of intimacy, a degree of intimacy, and that intimacy with God would not have been possible with Moses had he not been pursuing a passionate relationship with God, which included fasting. Remember, also, we talked about a couple of weeks ago in Daniel 10 that fasting is associated with mourning. Do you remember that? This text talks about that, that that Daniel was mourning, which was synonymous with fasting. It relates very well to that passage that I gave you last last teaching in Psalm 126.5 that says that those who sow in tears will reap with what? You remember? Shouts of joy. Very good. Yeah, those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. So when we humble ourselves in mourning through fasting, then the Bible says that the results of that will be shouts of joy in time. Now, I want to give you a little bit of insight. You know, I've practiced fasting for many, many years now, some short fasts, some very long fasts, and I never notice any particular like the sky doesn't open or anything, or I don't see any sky riding or nothing like that. The earth doesn't move at the end of my fast. Usually, now I do feel closer to the Lord while I fast, but the, the, the more noticeable benefits beyond that tend to come much later. When I say much later, I'm talking about weeks to months later because it's, it's, it's sowing and reaping. You sow, and then after many days, you get the harvest, Right? So if you don't see an immediate benefit of your fasting after the fast is done, you don't see any sky riding or the earth move or anything, don't worry about it. It's sowing and reaping. It will come later, okay? When I consider the results of my own fasting, I can definitely see how God has um, um, certainly drawn me closer to him and, and shaped my character and blessed me in a variety of ways through that discipline. But... I think my testimony also includes what hasn't happened. In other words, what God has spared us from. You know, when we look around, sort of like what Pam was saying earlier about some of the women that she has mentored and the lifestyles that they've come out of, um, I see this both outside the church and in it as well. When we look around at all the destruction in people's lives, our hearts just break for them. But the one thing that it's made us realize as a family is how blessed we are of the Lord. And God's favor has surrounded us like a shield to quote Psalm chapter 5. You know, we've been protected from all the junk that a lot of people experience in their lives because we pursued a relationship with the Lord that has kept our house in order for the most part. 
Now, not that we haven't had adversity and challenges and disappointments of varying kinds. I mean, you want to talk about disappointments? How much time you got this morning? Right? Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. But what I'm talking about here is the ongoing dysfunction that seems to plague some people's lives. See, we've been protected from all that because as we've sought God, he has kept us in the secret place of the Most High. Praise God. Now, speaking of the secret place, what is that? What what am I referring to? What is the secret place of the Most High? Well, folks, it's a place of intimacy. Psalm 91 references that secret place. It's a place of intimacy, a place of relentlessly pursuing God, getting rid of those distractions like Bill was talking about earlier when he, uh, when he led us so eloquently in the uh, communion observance. It's a place of intimacy, relentlessly pursuing God, and I guarantee you that's going to include fasting. The secret place is going to include fasting. So let's read out of Psalm 91 where it references fasting. It says this, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He is the one who uh, will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly plagues. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His truth is your shield and your armor. Keep reading. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Verse 7 needs to be your mantra. Verse 7 needs to be something that you claim over yourself. But you know what? You can't claim it over yourself unless you're in the secret place. This is referring to people who are, who are maintaining a lifestyle of being in the secret place of the, of the Most High. There's a qualifier on verse 7. And that's staying in the secret place of the Most High. All right? So when we enter that secret place, we enter a place of peace, a place of refuge. And listen, even if there is not peace in your home right now, I believe that by seeking the Lord passionately with all of your heart, you can eventually find peace because Jesus, the Prince of Peace, folks, he will keep your life in order as you seek him in that secret place. Praise God. Let's keep reading. Verse 9, if you make the most high your dwelling, then no harm will befall you. I love that promise. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Remember, verse 1 is the qualifier, those who are in the secret place of the most high. Not those who have these casual, passive relationships with the Lord. This is talking about a place of passion. That's what that's talking about. Keep reading, verse 14. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Folks, listen. Even with the knowledge of how much I need God, and boy, do I ever need God. You know, if you're honest with yourself and you're doing as the scriptures say and, and evaluating yourself to see if you're truly in the faith, the Apostle Paul wrote, if you're doing that, then you're going to notice 
as you look in the mirror of God's word and see yourself in truth, you're going to notice your deficiencies. So even with that knowledge of how much I need God, there are times when my passion wanes and the fire within me begins to dwindle. I think we all have hearts that have a tendency to do that from time to time, don't we? If we're not careful, our hearts will wander away. But it never fails that through fasting, at least for me, never fails that through fasting the fire is kindled again. So let me ask you a question. Do you want to know God more? Fast and pray. Do you want more of his favor in your life like we read about Daniel? Fast and pray. Do you want to enter the secret place of the Most High? Then fast and pray and things will be released to you that were closed off before. That you had no access to before. Praise the Lord. Here's a key principle for this morning right here on the screen. God often requires a physical act in order to receive a release of his spirit. I want to say that again. God often requires a physical act in order to receive a release of his spirit. There are several examples of that I want to give you this morning. The first one is in Exodus 17. And in Exodus 17, that's the story of uh, when God told Moses to mobilize the Israelite army and go out and engage the Amalekites and drive them out of the land. And he told Moses to do something rather unusual. He said to Moses, go stand on a high place and raise your staff up above the battle. And as long as Moses did that, then the Israelites would advance against the Amalekites. But when Moses' arms got tired and he lowered that staff, the Amalekites began to advance against the Israelites. So two men by the name of Aaron and Hur stood on each side of Moses and held his arms up to keep that staff in the air until the battle was won. You see, God required, in this case, a physical act in order to release his spirit, in order to receive a release of his spirit. In a related story in uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, there was a Syrian commander by the name of Naaman who had leprosy. And Naaman went to the house of a prophet, a powerful prophet in Israel by the name of Elisha, looking to get healed of his leprosy. And Elisha told him to do something strange. He told him to go dip in the Jordan River seven times, and then he would be healed. So once again, um, Obedience to a simple physical act would precede a breakthrough of God's power. See, in both cases, in both of those instances, God was simply giving a simple instruction. If you do this, I will do that, is what he was saying. And it's true in various places in Scripture, ladies and gentlemen, that that physical obedience brings spiritual breakthrough as well as physical breakthrough. See, what we do in the here and now with our physical bodies makes a difference in the unseen world, praise God. And folks, listen to me. Sometimes these physical acts of obedience are simply tests of the heart. I want to say that again. Sometimes these physical acts of obedience are simply tests of the heart. There's several places in Scripture that says that God sometimes tests his people. 
I appreciate what Pastor Jensen Franklin said about a deadly attitude that has entered the body of Christ. He said that in the modern day church, everything has been reduced down to feelings and intellect, but very little physical actions. In other words, as an example, well, I feel like I'm humble, so I never have to get on my knees and bow before the Lord. I feel like I love the Lord and I worship him on the inside, so I don't ever have to clap my hands or raise my hands. You know, God knows my heart. I have faith in my heart, so I don't ever have to risk anything and actually act out my faith, right? You know, try that in marriage. If you tell your husband or wife that you love him or her, but you never show it physically, your spouse is going to develop some doubts over time, don't you think? And God says, sometimes I demand of my people a physical act of obedience before I release spiritual reward. And fasting is one of those acts of outward obedience. You know, going back to Naaman, the Syrian commander with leprosy. When Elisha told him to go dip in the Jordan River seven times, Naaman was offended at first. That offended his intellect. He basically said to his servant, well, I don't have to do that. Aren't there many more better rivers in Syria than that dirty Jordan River? But his servant gave him a great perspective. He said, sir, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, some difficult thing, wouldn't you have done it? But this is a simple thing. Why don't you give it a try? And Naaman did, and God did, because Naaman got his healing. Folks, so many people in the body of Christ today have that same attitude that Naaman had. They say, well, I don't have to fast. I don't have to worship with any outward physical expressions. I don't have to be in the house of God faithfully. I don't have to read my, my Bible daily. And you know what? You're right. You don't have to do any of those things. And you don't have to walk in the higher realms of God's blessing and favor either. <laughs> it's your choice. Praise God. So let me ask you a question. What do you want to be released to you in 2023? Think about that. What is it that you want to be released to you in 2023? See, there's a great scripture in Psalm 37.4 that says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Are you delighting yourself in the Lord? Are you, are you taking advantage of all the things that he's provided for our spiritual enrichment and growth? Are you delighting yourself in him? Fasting is one of those ways that we delight ourselves in the Lord. So if you want certain things to be released in the spirit, perhaps what you need to do is stop coasting spiritually. I want to say that again. If you want certain things to be released to you, folks, listen, this is not a heaven or hell message. You can get to heaven limping there if you want. You can get to heaven getting through the, the judgment of the, the, the things that you've done on earth with all all the things that you did on earth being burned up in the judgment, but still get in. Still get in smelling like smoke, but getting in. You still get there. Praise the Lord. But if you want certain things to be released, if you want to have victory in this life, victory in this life is available to you. That's, what, that's why we have a Bible for Pete's sake. Victory in this life is available to you. So if you want certain things to be released in the spirit, perhaps what you need to do is stop coasting spiritually.
Perhaps it's time to put it in spiritual overdrive this year and pursue God relentlessly with prayer and fasting. And that's what I believe will lead to a fresh release of his spirit in 2023. Now let me give you another biblical example of what I'm talking about here this morning. In 2 Kings chapter 13, there's an account of a king by the name of Jehoash. And the Lord was declaring victory for Israel over the Arameans. And he used the king's level, get this, he used the king's level of passion to determine what level the Arameans would be defeated. See, once again, through the prophet Elisha, God once again required a physical act from the king to bring about a release of his spirit. See, he told the king through Elisha to take an arrow and strike the ground. So Elisha struck the ground three times with the arrow. But then the man of God was angry with Elisha for striking the ground only three times. He said, you should have struck the ground five or six times, for then you would have struck down the Arameans and put an end to them. But now you will strike down the Arameans only three times. Mm. What was he saying? He was saying that the king's level of desire and passion, you've got to get this right here, lean in for a second. He said this, The king's level of desire and passion in carrying out the commands of God would determine his level of victory. See, yes, the king obeyed God, but only with modest passion, only with modest desire. Thus, his level of victory would be limited. Had he obeyed God with passion and gone above and beyond, however, the king's victory would be complete. Another observation that I believe the Lord showed me about this, that, that man, it just really, when I saw this, it just, it arrested my attention. The Lord showed me this about that passage. The Lord was saying to the king that, that he was going to have temporary victory over the Arameans instead of complete victory. In other words, at some point, the Arameans were going to rise back up and come back. That means that there would be more wars. More people were going to die in battle. And the takeaway from that is this, ladies and gentlemen, that the, the, the passivity of one person can have far-reaching effects on other people. Lots of other people. Can I say that again? The passivity of one person can have far-reaching effects on other people, sometimes lots of other people. Folks, when you're passive about the things of God, it's not only going to cost you, it's going to cost other people around you. It's going to cost your children. It's going to cost people who may have experienced a touch from the Lord through you had you been seeking God with greater passion. What am I saying here this morning? God is saying to this church, I believe, and to his church in the, in the West. I believe he's saying that if we go after the things of God with passion, our victory will be complete. But if we continue to maintain on cruise control and subsist on half-hearted desire, then our results in life will be limited at best. Some of you spend exponentially more time on your TV and your smartphone and your computers than you ever do in your Bible and prayer. 
And that's idolatry. We need to shift the ratio a little bit. Wouldn't you agree? Now, I want to begin to come down home stretch here. And as you know, my home stretches last about 30 minutes. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I want to leave you with some encouragement from Isaiah 40 because I, I want to say this. No matter what you're facing right now, you serve a God of the impossible. Praise God. So let's look at what it says in Isaiah 40, starting in, uh, in verse 25. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, asks the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He's talking about the heavenly bodies. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name, because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Folks, when we're going through things, we do have a tendency to forget that we do indeed serve a God of the impossible. And that same God is interested in your affairs. Let's look at the next verse and what he said to the people of Israel when they were facing a difficult circumstance. In verse 27, he says, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. And I think a lot of people with the challenges that we face in 2022 may have said something similar to that. And I think God would say to us today, why do you complain? Why do you say, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by God. Let's read on. Verse 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You feel weak today? Great. Because you're in the position to receive power from the Most High. Verse 30, even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings with like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Now let me give you a little bit of a, a insight from that, from the the ancient Hebrew. That word wait there is the ancient Hebrew word kava, and it means to wait on, to endure, to eagerly look for. That's what that word means, to eagerly, passionately look for. So we could almost read it that way, but those who eagerly, passionately look for the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Folks, listen. If you want to see things begin shifting in your direction in 2023, you'll have to eagerly pursue God. And that may mean enduring the discomfort of setting aside our little pleasantries from time to time to seek Him in fasting and prayer periodically. And don't limit fasting to just the first part of the year like what we're about to do. Um, this week, we're starting a 12-day fast as a church this week. We do that every year at the first of the, of the year. But don't limit it to just that. I think it's wonderful that we all fast collectively at the start of each year. But don't limit it to just that. Make it a regular part of your life. Not every day, of course, but periodically, maybe monthly for a day or two or, or even weekly, however God leads you. And when you do that, you will run and not grow weary. You will march on and not faint. Okay, I'm almost done. Let me give you a summary of what we talked about. Just two summary points. 
If you can just go home with these two summary points, then uh, I've accomplished my mission. Oftentimes, a physical act of obedience will precede a spiritual breakthrough. Didn't we see that in the scriptures? And when we delight ourselves in the Lord and stop coasting spiritually, certain things are released in the spirit that were shut up before. Folks, listen, I truly believe that if it, if, look, man, you've got to get this. I truly believe this, that if you don't already sense a stirring to know God better, and if you're not already hungering and thirsting for more of his presence, and I believe that any true follower of Christ, listen, any true follower of Christ will eventually come to the place where you have to seek God with all of your heart because he's your only hope. He's your only refuge. See, I believe that any true follower of Christ will never be satisfied just resting on your laurels, so to speak, but will continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, with fear and trembling, as the Bible says. See, any true follower of Christ will always come to a point in life, sometimes sooner, sometimes later, but any true follower of Christ will come to a point in life where you are dissatisfied with just going through the motions. And you want to experience a deeper, more fruitful relationship with Christ, and you're willing to make any adjustment necessary to get there. But let me say this. If you never sense those kinds of stirrings, If you never sense those kinds of stirrings, there is reason to believe that you may not even be in the faith at all. Are you awake this morning? If you never sense that kind of stirring, God, I just, I need to know you more. Lord, I want to do things, I want to be a better man for you. I want to be a better woman for you. I I just, I sense, Lord, why am I so dry right now? Lord, I just, I want to have more of your presence. If you never, ever feel that sort of thing, that's a bad sign. That is a bad sign. That may mean that you are either not in the faith at all, Or if you are, your conscience is so seared, your heart has become so hardened that something's got to break in your life. And if you really are truly a follower of Christ, if you're truly his child, he will bring discipline into your life for your good. And you may very well come to a place where you have no other place to turn except him. And if those things happen, you know, where our children are concerned. I was talking to Rob this morning, and we are talking about how some people have to learn all their lessons the hard way. We don't like to watch our children learn lessons the hard way. But you know what? If that's what it takes to get them to learn, so be it. I'd rather see that happen than them crash and burn and then be in hell for all, all eternity. Let them learn lessons the hard way. And if you and I have to learn our lessons the hard way, God's willing to do that for you and me too. Praise God. Let me encourage you. Don't, don't, have, don't be a, a, like a brute beast that has to be turned this direction and that by a bit and a bridle, like the Bible says. Have a soft heart toward God. Be responsive to him. So you don't have to learn all your lessons the hard way. So you don't have to come to the place where you have no other place to turn 
but God. That's not actually a bad place to be in. Don't get me wrong. But see, God wants you to live a life where you're living in the flow of refreshing and blessing all the time so that you don't have to live from miracle to miracle because you get yourself in so much trouble all the time. Praise God. I heard one person clap about that. I'm so glad one person's excited about that. So listen, for the true follower of Christ, ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit will always lead you to the place where deep calls unto deep. You know what I mean by that? The deep inner part of you, your spirit, calls to the deep inner part, the heart of God. That's what that means. Deep calls unto deep. Before we read our closing scripture, I just want to give you one other little caveat here. Um, this Christmas, we watched a Christmas movie that we, we try to watch almost every Christmas. We don't always get to it every single Christmas, but um, A Christmas Carol about Ebenezer Scrooge. And um, there's a scene in that movie that I really love because, um, you know, you, you know the story. Um, the, Christmas, the ghost of Christmas past and the ghost of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas future all appear to Ebenezer Scrooge. And when the ghost of Christmas present appears to him, I love his first words when he appears to Ebenezer Scrooge. You know what he said? Come closer and know me better. Man, that resonates with me. Because I believe that's what the Holy Spirit has been saying to you and me all along. Come closer and know me better. Praise God. I believe that's what prayer and fasting and all the different tools that God has given to us for our disposal will do for us this year. Help us to know him better and walk in refreshing all year long. This is the last scripture I want to give you. Definitely relates. I quote it a lot, but certainly relates to this teaching. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What's that referring to? People that are passionately pursuing him. I kind of like the way that the uh, King James words that. It says, for the eyes of the Lord range to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's just like scanning. Just like scanning. Where's, where's someone whose heart is fully committed to me? Let, let me how can I, I want to find someone whose heart is fully committed to me. Why? So he can show himself strong on behalf of those people. That's his desire for you. That's his desire for you this year, for you to walk in refreshing this year. Gosh, I didn't do too bad. I got through that uh, in a lot faster than I thought I would. The Lord help me. Praise God. Would you stand and pray with me, please? I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Andy Robbins and Blessed Life Fellowship. For more teaching and ministry resources, go to the church website at www.blessedlifefellowship.org. Thanks for listening, and may God's grace and favor shine on you.